Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Patrick Farrell. This episode is the Monday episode, meaning that these are the longer episodes, although I don't think that's a meaningful distinction anymore since we they tend to be just as long. But I literally said this as soon as we started doing them. I was like, these are going to be just as long. Like, even though they're supposed to be quick questions, they are always going to be, I reckon, 45 minutes to an hour and a half. So basically, we just do two podcasts a week now. So anyway, this is the Monday episode where we kind of discuss a topic, although it's we're actually blurring, question. Yeah, we're actually blurring the lines again with this one because this this is a question we got. So I'm going to read out the question, but I'm going to... The reason this is the Monday podcast, which is where we discuss an actual, like we'll call it a meta topic, you know, an overarching theme or topic. It's not a specific issue or question you'll see once i read the question why we're putting it on the monday so the question was convenience versus optimal uh a commercial gym that is very convenient beside work home which has moderate kit versus a gym that is further distance away and could take longer from your day via commute but is higher quality equipment uh, basically very convenient gym that is commercial um, versus a further distance slash timely gym that is better equipment um, and then they were just saying that this relates to them as you know they're trying to decide what's more important the, the better quality kit you know so they can get better workouts maybe potentially get you know a better hypertrophy response a better strength response via you know better equipment or trying to fit their training in to their already packed schedule so essentially what we're going to answer that we're going to answer the bigger topic of convenience versus optimal, you know, because that is the, essentially the, the issue at hand. So Gary, what are your thoughts on the question, first of all, and then we'll get into the overarching topic. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a quick answer and then obviously elaborate quite a bit. Like for the vast majority of people, convenience definitely with you. And I'm, I'm, there's sort of lots of caveats to that, but that is like, for me, like that, that's the big winner for a lot of people that I would say, listen to our podcast, because I think over time, there's been a lot more people that listen to this, who they've got real jobs or they're in college, or maybe they are personal trainers, but they're not necessarily competitive bodybuilders or powers. And they're obviously some of the, the caveats where you might want to, you know, it takes a little bit more time to really decide, you know, what gym you want to train in. But for most people, you know, it is the act of getting your training done, making sure there's there are not barriers between you and getting your training done, and being able to do that for not not just years but decades. You know, one of the things that I did recently was bought a barbell and some weights, um, so that I could do a little bit of training at home because I know that the time that it takes me to get to the nearest gym um, and back is going to be a significant barrier to me getting any weight training done. So despite the fact that that gym that I have a membership in has really good equipment, um, I'm happy enough to kind of just get a little bit done here um, at home and take from that what I can. Now, I don't think that my anecdote is sufficient to answer this question because some people are, 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 are maybe they're, they're earlier on or they're still in the process of being like, I really want to build as much muscle as possible. And if you are that person, then obviously this becomes a more serious question for you than it might be for me. Because for me, I'm kind of like, 
yeah, I'm happy enough to get my resistance training in, but I've got other goals like such as running and such as jujitsu that I need to fit those in as well. But for the person who's just thinking of this purely from the perspective of, I want to build muscle, I want to build strength, how much stock should I be putting in the equipment that I actually use? I honestly think that the convenience still is more important because that's what's going to lead to adherence and adherence is your biggest factor here. You know, If it's the case that you're asking this question with the perspective that, yeah, like it, it, it's, it's less convenient to get to the better, the better gym, but I would still do it all the time and it's not going to affect my work or anything outside my work, then meh, like if it's a 15 minute cycle, I would, you know, lean towards maybe going for the optimal one, as long as it's not taking away from your time, your money, et cetera. But in this case, it's kind of implied that it's way more convenient to get to, to one gym. So in that case, I'd be leaning towards convenience, but obviously we'll get into a lot more. But what would be your initial impression, Patty? Yeah, just like you said, the short answer, I'm going to go with convenience versus optimal. Now, obviously, again, like you said, there's, there's caveats, there's going to be issues where, or rather, there's going to be situations where going for the optimal makes more sense. Like this, this is essentially the trade-off you're always going to face in your exercise selection, your gym selection, your overall training selection, and it's another topic that we are going to discuss at another time. Um, but this, this effectively is another question as well, which again is what we're going to address another time. But, you know, are you going to get such a better training response from having the, the quote unquote perfect equipment, the optimal equipment versus having the more convenient equipment? Like you can still get a good workout in, you know, versus getting the perfect workout in with the optimal equipment or whatever, you know, like in my mind, if, if one of them makes it way or makes your adherence way better, that's like, that's not, it's not even a question. It's like, are you going to be more adherent with the convenient option? Yes. Okay. Well, literally that's the biggest determinant of your results. Like, I don't care if you're like, Oh, I can go to this gym. That's fucking the best gym, most equipment, best equipment, perfect fits my body blah 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 and you're like i have a, a four-day training program but because it's so far away you only get there two times per week like uh, and versus going okay well there's a more convenient gym has good equipment not you know the best it's not the most optimal whatever but i can still get a good decent workout in and you're more likely to go to that four times per week you know you might even get a, a fifth session in because it's just so convenient you're like yeah like i have an hour here you know that's grand it's only literally two minute walk away from my job or whatever like a hundred percent I'm going for the convenience option because the, the difference in training volume you'll accumulate over years, you know, training four times per week versus only training two times per week because oh, it's just, it's just inconvenient. Like I'm just tired after work or, you know, I don't have to do the, the rush hour traffic in the morning or whatever, you know, like the, the difference is going to be astounding. But like you said, Gary, if it is a case where it's okay, well, I'm going to go to the gym four times per week either way you know then like i would maybe go towards the more optimal unless it starts eating into other things around your your life like if you're like okay well that, that literally takes two hours out of my day every single day which i could have been using for study self-development you know getting more money which is you know lovely um or like different things or like you know your social life your family life whatever if it's going to eat into those things then it becomes again a, a priority list of what you're trying to achieve and again like Gary said like maybe you are a, a a bodybuilder or something you're like i literally this is 
this is my goal. I want to be the next Phil Heath or whatever. Like, yeah, then you're probably going to have to make some sacrifices. Like athletes do it all the time where it's like, okay, cool. You know, I'm going to have to train in the morning. I'm going to have to do two day trainings, train in the morning and then train in the evening because that's what I need to do to get the results that I want in my given sport. And they're trading other aspects of their life for that. And it's like, again, you just have to make the, the, the trade-off equation and see if it makes sense for you. But if like, you're like, going to my head, Patrick, what are you choosing for the vast majority gen pop people? I'm going to say convenience. Yeah. And I mean, like it, it, it gets to a kind of a, a bigger topic that I think people don't, don't appreciate or don't accept. And that, and that is like just <laughs> trade-offs in life in general, as in like people are very poor at accepting the trade-offs that they just kind of have to accept when they're approaching things like their career goals and their fitness goals and their personal life, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like to, to get, to give my own example, like it's, it's virtually impossible for me at the moment to be able to say, I'm going to get the 100%, the best results I can possibly get in college because like by, by definition, because of, one try, trying to commit to other goals with with training um such as running jiu-jitsu a little bit of weight training two committing to triage work on the lap done whoa, whoa, whoa. Three, why did you put triage second to your training you scumbag because i'm a yogurt <laughs> and three you know having a, a a personal life being in a relationship and then four obviously managing my own health you know sleeping enough eating well if you if you put all those things together you have to accept that there are going to be trade off there, you know, like, for example, if, if you were to look at it purely from the domain of um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, am I going to be able to get the best possible result um, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu during this time during the college semester? No, because I cannot make it all of the days. It's, it's not possible. There are not enough hours. Like, is it going to be possible to get the best possible results in college? No, because by definition, there are hours that are being spent on other tasks outside college and quite a lot of hours. So that, 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 that can be a hard thing because I, I have to, to say, all right, what trade-offs am I actually willing to accept? You know, because I'm not willing to accept the trade-off of saying to, saying to Patty, oh, actually, Patty, you know, I'm actually not going to coach any of my clients or post any of our articles. I'm just going to study and like, that's not a worthwhile trade-off for me. I'm not going to do that. Um, but is the trade-off of maybe taking a small hit on, on some of my results to get the triage work done, to get my training in. Is that a worthwhile trade-off I'm, I'm willing to accept? Like, yeah, I am. And I'll put more emphasis on the things that are more important, the things that are most important for me um, in terms of my development within college, within triage, and within training. You know, So they're the types of things that you have to actually ask yourself. Yeah, and, and on, on that, I also, I, I wrote an article about this. and I, like I, It's called Asterix Goals uh, on, on our website. Yes. Um, where like people say this all the time, they'll they'll be like, oh yeah, I want to be the best powerlifter I could possibly be, but I also want to have a six pack, or I want to do marathon running or whatever. It's like like you you have to be very specific in your goals, and like if you're saying you want to achieve the best at a certain thing, or do your best at a certain thing, or be the best or whatever, you know, like the the trade off for that is exponential in terms of like you actually have to then really assess your life it's like oh you say you want to be the best at this like you see this all the time on social media like this is 
why social media is toxic. Well, one of the reasons that people are always like, oh, they don't know me. I'm going to be an animal. I'm going to just, you know, win this competition and do whatever. And then like you assess that person's life and it's like, mate, you literally train for an hour per day. You don't do anything outside of that to, you know, increase your longevity in the sport, whatever sport it is, or, you know, your ability to train, like you're not spending three, four hours per day, eight hours per day, studying your craft, doing all the things that would like actually make you the best at that. You know, like people aren't willing to do that trade off. It's like, Oh yeah, I want to be able to train like an animal for an hour and then just, you know, shoot the shit for the rest of the day. And hopefully someone will pay me to do that. You know, it's like there, there, there are trade offs, whatever your choices are. Like it's very easy to understand them in terms of resistance training. Well, training as a whole, because a lot of things, a lot of things are like fundamentally dichotomous to each other. Like they're different energy systems, for example, or they require different adaptations. Like you are not going to be the best marathon runner while simultaneously being the best power lifter. You know, they're two completely different adaptations. However, you could be moderately good at both of those things at the same time. But you have to realize that that's the trade-off you have to be willing to accept. Like you're never going to be the best runner and you're never going to be the best powerlifter if you continuously try to do those two things at once, you know? Like you're not going to reach your best potential in running if you are also eating into your recovery abilities by doing powerlifting, you know? And also the adaptations you get, they're kind of dichotomous to each other, you know? So like, it's easy enough to see it in terms of resistance training, training as a whole, but it also applies to your, your everyday life. You know, like we were saying with this, the convenience of going to that gym beside you, like that might free up an extra hour of your day, you know, like an extra hour of your day, man, the amount of stuff that you could actually do with this, especially if you're not wasting three, four hours per day on social media, you know, like the, that literally there's so much like the the growth potential in terms of your your overall goals in life you know your health family you know business you know even if it is you, you work for someone else like you know you could be spending that extra hour doing something that's going to ensure that you get that uh a promotion next year or whatever you know like there's it, getting more hours back in your day may be the thing that actually propels you forward with goals that are of a bigger priority to you. But again, it could be the fact that you're like, yeah, like I have this job, I work in a bank, but you know, my real goal is to be a competitive powerlifter. I want to like earn money doing that. I want to be sponsored or I want to be whatever. And you might be willing then to be like, okay, well actually I need to go to the gym that allows me to actually fulfill that, that goal. Cause that's the, my highest priority right now. You know? So again, it comes down to those priorities. You know, you can't have a, an asterisk goal. Like I want to do this, but I'm not willing to give up this, or I want to also do this thing at the same time. It's like, okay, you can do that, but realize that that's not going to be the best use of your time. Then. Yeah. And I mean, like to, to, to get to the, the weight training example in particular, like one, one way I think that is helpful of looking at this is right. If you are this person and you're saying, should I be going for more convenience or should I be going for the optimal approach? like what I would first do is like all right what have, what have you been doing for the past year um all right I let's say you've been trying to do the optimal thing for like a year and then you ask yourself what results have I gotten like out of out of that investment and you say oh yeah I actually don't think I gained any muscle and my lifts are roughly the same then like I, w- I would I would not even be wrestling with this question I'd be asking god what other limiting factors are going on here like what else could be affecting this because realistically the change from optimal to convenience 
it's not going to cause you to lose muscle because we know that like you, it's, it's pretty easy to maintain muscle. Gaining it can be, can be challenging. But in that case, there's probably other limiting factors. You might want to actually ask those questions instead of stressing so much about whether you have a, a Cybex leg extension or a, a kind of a basic uh, pro-fit leg extension or whatever you happen to have. Um, and, and like one example of that might be, oh, you actually only sleep six hours per night because you watch loads of Netflix. Like sort that out, you know, sort that out before you worry about these questions. Another one would be not eating enough. Like if you're resting about these questions or never eating in a calorie surplus, like this just doesn't even matter. Like it's, it's not even a consideration because you're, you're not even providing the basic substrates to be able to build the additional muscle. Like it'd be like saying, you know, should I use a, a JCB or a cat um, you know, digger for, 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 as part of my building, um, as I build this building, but we actually don't have any, any blocks. Um, we actually don't have any blocks, but we're worried about the equipment that we're going to use to, to complete this construction site, but we actually don't have any blocks. We don't have any cement, but, um, we're going to sweat that question first. So you really need to ask yourself, like, what, what are the actual limiting factors? And that's something we come back to in a lot of these discussions is that there are often different limiting factors that people maybe don't identify or, they don't necessarily want to address and end up wrestling with questions that potentially are, are less important. So if you are thinking of trying to go for a more quote unquote optimal approach, you have to ask yourself like what percentage increase in your gains might that actually lead to? And I mean, while there is a, a subjective and, and, and an objective difference in like one leg extension versus the other, like, even as someone who's very interested in exercise mechanics and I think it's so cool to be able to break down the machine and how that relates to our ability to produce force and everything. Do we know that that's going to make a difference to your results? No, like, you know, it mightn't actually make any difference. It might change the subjective experience. Maybe long-term there might be a difference in outcomes. Uh, maybe, maybe you get a little bit more or less rectus femoris hypertrophy versus vastus lateralis or medialis hypertrophy when you do that leg extension, which is, maybe not even visible it's going to depend on how much muscle you build but they're the types of things we're end up we're ending up we're analyzing we end up talking about these real little nuanced details and i'd be far more concerned about laying the basis of getting enough sleep managing my nutrition making sure i'm actually fueling my training um and then getting that adherence in place because they're really really your best friends when it comes to this stuff um so yeah i think it's worth worth thinking about yeah, so that, well, hopefully answers that question. But now to get into this, like obviously we've been touching on it, this whole actual bigger topic. Like this, this both applies to, you know, the gym that you choose, the exercises you choose, whatever. But it, it may not actually be as intuitive as you initially, like you might choose the optimal versus the convenient in certain circumstances and you might choose the opposite in some other circumstances like we've been touching on. It depends on your goals. But to, to talk through an example of this, like Gary, when you go to Belarus, like you know that you're not going to have access to a gym, right? Like they, they don't have gyms over there. They have communism. And like they, they don't need to lose weight. They don't have food. Um, Jesus. That's true. That's what communism does. You know yourself. Um, I know. But uh, so they don't have gyms. So you know, you're like, okay, well, I want to be able to get some sort of effective workout in. Now, is it going to be the optimal workout that you're going to be able to achieve yeah, probably not you know you're going to be able to get a good workout in you don't have access to the the optimal equipment for you you don't have barbells you don't have weights you don't have whatever 
right? So you're like, okay, well, those are the things that I know are big return on investment, exercises, equipment, whatever. You don't have access to them. So you might then not only choose exercises that you can do over in Belarus, you know, we'll say push-ups, pull-ups, whatever you have access to, put delta on your back, do some bodyweight squat, well, double bodyweight squats, whatever. Um, double? Yeah, because you, you only weigh like 50 kilos. Um, so, you, you know what I mean? Like, so you're able to do whatever it is, pick up something heavy, do whatever. Like, you can get something done, right? But you might start doing that even though you have access to optimal equipment. And what I mean by that is, you know, say in the, the six to 12 week run up to you going away, you might be like, oh, actually, you know, I have actually gained five to 10 kilos, you know, of muscle slash fat. And I just want to make sure that I'm actually able to do pull-ups or chin-ups or whatever, you know, like you want to be able to get a good workout in. So you might actually start practicing those movements before you go away. Same with push-ups. You might be like, okay, I need to figure out like the intricacies of this. You know, can I balance something on my back here to give me some extra load or resistance or whatever? Or, you know, am I better off, you know, doing more reps? Like how many reps can I do? Oh, I can only do three. Oh, that's going to be pretty hard to get an effective workout in. I'm going to need to build up that capacity over time so that I can actually, you know, get a good workout in wherever I go. So just talk to that a little bit there, Gary. This is something I actually speak with a lot of my clients about. Um, I often have them include things like push-ups and pull-ups and stuff like that into their program and even running because I say to them, look, I, I expect you to be someone who's, you know, you want to live a normal life. You want to do, you want to go traveling and stuff like that. A lot of my clients do go traveling. And, and what, one of the things I say to them is like, it'd be nice to be able to just get it in a workout because I've been, I've been on holiday. I've been away for in, in Bali and Thailand and stuff like that. And you, you're looking for gyms and you're like, you're on Google maps and like, there's all these like squiggly lines in thought Thai and you're like, it's like squiggly lines, squiggly lines. What are right. It's not racist. You're just trolling the Belarusians for having no food. Plus, they have a lot of obesity. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, basically, you have Thai letters followed by the word gym. And you're like, man, I don't know where this is. How am I going to find this? And you spend half your day looking for the gym and you're walking around the island, blah, blah, blah. And basically, the, the, the fitter you are and the wider your base of fitness capacity, your skills, um, the more options you actually have for exercise in those contexts. And that can seem somewhat counterintuitive because you might think that, well, if you're less fit, everything's harder. So shouldn't you have more options, but not necessarily because if you can only run for 20 minutes, then all you can get in is a 20 minute workout. You know, if you're goosed after 20 minutes, then you, you can't get in more than a 20 minute workout. If you can run for three hours, that's a three hour workout. You can get done. You know, if you can do 50, 50 pull-ups, that's five sets of 10 that you can do it as a workout. If you can only do one pull-up, what are you going to do? Three sets of one and call that a hard workout? Like, yeah, it was challenging in the moment, but the overall stimulus that you actually apply to your body in terms of like, for example, for metabolic health or for energy expenditure, it's pretty small. It's very minor. So the bigger your base, the more skills you have, the more options you have then for exercise. So that's one of the things I will have my clients do. And that's, that I guess is an aspect of thinking of coaching and programming and training beyond just like the workout itself. Like you don't want to just think, what is the exact stimulus from this workout? It's how does this relate to my future ability to train? And that's a, a perfect example. So if you can do, you can do pull-ups, you can do chin-ups, you can do single leg squats, you can do 
you can do dips. If you, if you're good at all those exercises and you can also, you know, you can go for a five or 10 K run or something like that, then you've got workouts you can do anywhere in the world, you know, anywhere. And that was one of the reasons that I, st I actually started to take up running because I was like, you know, if I'm traveling, especially like in Belarus, it's quite nice to be able to get some training in. And that's a nice way to be able to get in some training. So like the first couple of times I went to Belarus and I went for a run, I might be goosed after three to five K. Like I would be, like, I'd be wrecked. Whereas now, like, it's like, oh, yeah, you can go out for a 10K run and you come back and you just get on with your day and it's not that much of a big deal. Um, same with, like, chin-ups. And I used to be awful at chin-ups. Um, I, I, I could do, like, five chin-ups and I, that could be, like, the end of my workout. I'd be, I might only get three the next set or something like that. Whereas, again, now it's like, yeah, you can do multiple sets of higher reps and it's not that much of a big deal. You can get your training in. So I think that is a really important consideration for people. That's also a very good reason for including the quote-unquote basic barbell exercises you know that would like while i'm a big big fan of machines i really like machines i like the theory that goes into building them and designing them and analyzing them etc there's a lot to be said for being competent at things like squats deadlifts bench presses overhead presses barbell rolls etc being comfortable with those exercises because if you're traveling traveling if you're around the place if you're if your gym burns down, like, like Denny, he's here in, in Douglas, you know, if, if these things happen, you've got options, you know, you can go to any gym in the world, most gyms and access barbells, you know? Um, so they're the considerations that go beyond just thinking about what is optimal within this workout, because ultimately it's your ability to train consistently over time that really matters. And I guess one of our big considerations of triage is health, you know, how does this actually relate to your health? And if someone can go away for four weeks on holidays, let's say, and if, if their ability to, to do some running, to do push-ups, to do pull-ups is the difference between, between them training and not training, then that four weeks could be pretty significant for their health, you know? So, so yeah. Yeah, so I think it's, it's, it's easy enough to see, well, hopefully it's also intuitive enough to see that, okay, so yeah, having a broad base of exercises to be able to select from and being able to prioritize them at different times even though I have access to optimal and even though these or rather I'm, I, I have these convenient exercises that I can do anywhere around the world. As long as I'm good at those, I'm pretty good. Like this is one of the things that I think CrossFit does really well. Like they, they teach people so many different workout modalities that it's like you, you have an understanding of workouts that is very broad. And while they obviously have issues like every sport, cause it is a sport, you know, um, obviously they have their issues it's like you've exposed someone to such a, an exercise diversity such a we'll call it a metabolic diversity in terms of you know the different training modalities that you do it's like this person now has so many skills for life like they can go in go to a beach somewhere and do some fucking i don't know sand dune sprints with burpees and I don't know, swim or something. And they're like, yeah, that's a workout. Cause in their mind, they're just thinking like the adaptation that I want to achieve is, you know, some sort of like metabolic adaptation. I want to get some like a, a good hard workout. And it's like, they have a load of tools and they're like, okay, what do I have available to me? Boom, boom, boom. There we go. There's my workout. We're done. Right. Whereas I think people in the gym kind of focus so much on just the, the gym exercises that they forget that you can actually get a good workout in anywhere. You know, like I'm thinking of going to Krakow in uh, January. Gary was supposed to go, but he's pretty scum. But anyway, um, so I'm like, okay, well, I won't have access to a gym for like a week or something. 
like I could obviously go to a gym somewhere, but I'm like, oh, like I don't want to have to pay for that, you know, go whatever. Um, but I'm like, oh, like uh, this, I could still get a good workout in in the hotel or the hostel or wherever I'm staying. I'm like, I can do some push-ups. I can do some like body weight lunges. I can do like I can get a good workout in because I'm like, okay, I have the the mental framework to be like, these are the adaptations that I want. This is what I can do to somewhat stimulate those muscles or that energy system or whatever. Is it optimal? Oh, fuck no. You know, like, again, like this is something that, again, if you get really strong on certain movements, say like the squat or something, you know, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, well, you know, body weight squats, I'm going to have to do like fucking 300 reps to get a good workout in. But it's also, you can also then, if you have a, a bigger diversity to your, your movement, whatever perspective your movement closet or wardrobe or whatever you want to call call it you know you're like okay i can do some single leg like bodyweight squats i'm like okay now now i can get a bit more challenging with that is it the exact same stimulus no but it's like this this is still achieving what i want to achieve with that you know maybe adding a little bit of load to that because it's a more challenging exercise you know you're in your hotel or whatever you pick up your girlfriend you know there's 50 kilos single leg squats 50 60 kilo single leg squats or whatever you know, that's a, that's a challenging, challenging enough exercise now. So it's like, okay, now you've got something that you can challenge yourself with, you know, again, it could be something like you're just picking up two one liter water bottles or something, you know, like there's a way to do it once you understand the, the broader picture. Right. So I think that's fairly intuitive for most people in terms of exercise selection and also answering the original question, which is you know, gym selection. However, the, the harder topic is around this is nutrition right? The choosing optimal versus convenient because very intuitively, if I say, what are you going to choose the optimal food or the convenient food? You're just going to go, Oh, I'm going to choose the optimal. I'm not going to choose that convenient food because, you know, convenient food is generally like higher in calories, you know, lower quality or whatever else. But it's like, that's, that's not necessarily the entire issue or rather the, the argument, you know, because what could be optimal is actually convenient right and what i mean by that is the exact same thing when we we're discussing you know getting to the gym like you could choose an option which yeah it's not the the most macronutrient friendly the most micronutrient dense you know you're going down to i don't know the the local shop and you're getting a, a chicken fillet roll or whatever you know you're like okay well this isn't exactly the most healthy food you know it's not like perfection i didn't cook it myself you know there's maybe extra carbs that i don't want or extra fat or whatever maybe not enough protein whatever right but if doing that allows you to stick to your overall nutritional paradigm then it is actually optimal right even though it was a convenient food right so it's a little bit harder with nutrition even though it follows the same kind of concepts as the, the training discussion, the exercise selection discussion, the you know, finding a gym discussion. So Gary, what are your thoughts on that in terms of the convenience versus optimal in the nutrition realm? Yeah, this has some different considerations because sometimes convenience in this case actually ends up being more costly than, than the optimal choice. Like for example, as you alluded to, like the, op, the quote unquote optimal choice might be you know, cooking the meal yourself, knowing what's in it, you know, having more vegetables rather than less, more protein rather than less. And that might, up being, might end up being less costly than just going to the shop and buying a sandwich and some crisps and a drink, you know. So 
it is a bit different in that like the other the assumption the last time was that the optimal might be more costly um but again like when you're analyzing cost and trade-offs it's very reductionistic to only consider money in this equation you know because for example if it takes you 30 minutes to cook your food in the morning versus five minutes to buy it in the shop then that's 25 minutes you know give yourself an arbitrary hour like that if it's 30 euros then maybe you're actually saving money um, by still going for that convenience option having 25 minutes that you can but you also have to, to look at it over your the bigger lifespan then as well just on top of that because again like that could be a more calorie dense option right and if you're like okay well i want to maintain my body weight or whatever that might mean that you have to do more exercise as a result to do that so it's like you actually then have to you know program in a walk you know every day and you're like that's that's an extra 20 okay you save 25 minutes but you're like now i have to do 25 minutes of walking to burn off those calories effectively and then also you have to layer on like the the later health benefits or degradations as a result you know if you're doing something that you know is going to lead well i say you know that may potentially lead to detrimental health outcomes down the road it's like okay we actually have to factor those into the equation as well because they're both costly themselves and also they potentially take away from your lifespan so you might be saving 25 minutes a day but you're actually losing 25 minutes a day on the end of your life you know so it's like it's actually a really hard equation to do especially you know if you're sitting at your desk or whatever and you're like i'm actually pretty hungry right now you know you're not you're not doing this huge cost benefit analysis across your lifespan being like should i actually go out and go to centra and get that role you know yeah like it totally it totally depends on who you are like i mean you can you can choose a convenience option that is potentially very helpful you know for example uh, a whole grain chicken sandwich with some salad in it and uh, a bag of, of popcorn and I don't know, Coke Zero for your lunch. Like, is that unhealthful? Like, no, not necessarily, you know? Maybe if you have like PKU or something and you're not supposed to be having sweeteners, then like maybe, you know, or you're allergic to, like genuinely allergic to gluten or celiac or whatever. But for most people, you know, you can make reasonably healthful choices by going to the shop and picking up something smart. And that's where convenience and optimal kind of meet somewhere in the middle where, yeah, you're choosing a slightly more convenient option, but you're still being cognizant of what you're actually buying. You know, we're certainly not going to make the case that choosing the convenient option of going to the chipper instead of cooking your dinner is, is ever going to be a good idea. Like that's rarely going to be the case. Like, yeah, of course. I, I take that as a complete disrespect to me because <laughs> chipper, man, that's, that's my food. Like, yeah, like, I mean, if you want to get a chipper every Friday night, like, I have no issue with that, you know, but if you're thinking, you know, every night you come in from work, and like, oh, I don't want to cook, go and chip, or like, <laughs> probably not great for health in the long run or, or in the short term, to be honest. Um, but, in t but like, I guess where this becomes more at the forefront of the common fitness, fitness industry discussion is when we start to talk about things like organic foods and different cooking methods and, you know, having all these superfoods and stuff like that. That's where I think we would generally pull back a little bit and say like, yeah, that like that shouldn't, they shouldn't be major considerations for most people. Like there are things like that can be important. Like for example, like if we were talking about cooking methods, like don't burn all your meats, like probably not helpful. You know, if your meat's covered in like char, tastes great though. totally black every time you eat, like yeah, it's probably not 
What? Tastes great though. It does taste great though. So like, like that's, that's probably not a good idea. Um, so, but at the same time, like, does that mean that you need to go to go for a like multiple hour slow cooking method or something instead? Like not necessarily, you know, turn on the pan a little bit. <laughs> I'm awfully guilty of burning things like that anyway. But, but yeah, so there are some things that are kind of on those fringes that are like, yeah, you might be, they might be worth considering. But before you get there, it's, it's important to like, to ask yourself, how can I fit in my cooking time or my food preparation time or my food buying time um, into my current schedule and then make my diet work? Because if, you, if you're not able to first you know, get your calories in order, make consistent decisions, set up some sort of schedule, and you're worried about you know, what should or shouldn't be organic and all that sort of stuff, and you're on a tight budget, like you're really sweating details that may not make any difference. You know, there, there might be some minute difference differences that you get from from those considerations but very often they're not they're not the most important things that you should be concerned with like i mean both both of us i think do make quite convenience-based choices in the meals that we eat like especially in college like but from you but basically like my my meal that i bring most days to college is mince load of stir fry veg kidney beans and rice and if you, the thing you'll notice about that is that they can all be cooked in the one pan super you know super quick and if way and leave it like you don't need to do anything you just leave it there you go brush your teeth you go to the toilet and um, whatever you need to do um but additionally there's not that much chewing involved i think everything's already broken down real small you chew it you eat it like that's reduced eating time for steak and i don't know loads of hard potatoes or something like that things that need a little bit more work so you can see how that's reflected in our own choices that we do opt for some, some convenience choices. But at the same time, there's, there's a thought process there. You know, we're not, we're not saying all oh, kidney beans are convenient. We're saying, Oh, you know, kidney beans contain these micronutrients and they've got some fiber in them. And, you know, having loads of vegetables is a good idea, but having them frozen is actually a better option for us because like in the morning and, like chopping all these veg up fine and taking 10 minutes to do that. Like that's grand on a Sunday morning. You're making an omelet, you're chopping your veg, but midweek, like frozen veg, get after it. You know, same with mince, you know, rather than chopping up all the steak yourself, it's minced, it's done, boom, into the pan. So that's where the convenience versus optimal discussion, I think becomes quite important when it comes to nutrition. Yeah. Like the way I look at it is like, if you can make the optimal or rather something more optimal, more convenient as well, then you're on to the real winner, you know, and that's essentially what you're saying there with the the food choices. It's like, okay, can I choose uh, a food that is higher on the more optimal scale, but also, you know, layer in the convenience aspect in whatever way I can do that. Like you're saying with the mince, it's like, all right, this is effectively already pre-digested and it's also very easy to cook. You know, it's like, boom, there's, that's a convenience win but it's also an optimal food selection, you know? And same with like any, any choice you make with regard to food that you can, again, make, make that optimal choice. Like again, we'll just say vegetables. Like can you make that more convenient to actually fit into your day? And that could be something that you'd be like, oh, well, in the grand scheme of things, maybe, you know, it's not as optimal. Maybe you make like a, a smoothie uh, with a load of different veg or whatever because you're like, that actually allows me to get that in. I don't have to spend, like you're saying there, a lot of time chopping veg or, you know, even cooking that veg or, you know, chewing the veg. I'm like, I just don't have the time to do that. So, you know, maybe making some sort of smoothie where you just bang them all in, 
you know, blend it all up and it's like, boom, there you go. You know, you've got your, your veg in. You might be like, okay, well, it's not as optimal. Maybe the fiber content is different and whatever else, but it's like, it's still more optimal than not doing it, which is the other option, you know? So like anytime you can make optimal food selection or any of these optimal discussions more convenient, like that, that is like the, the easiest win you can do in terms of nutrition. Like if you can make something that is better for you, more uh, convenient for you to actually do, like it's a win. Now they always do that one where it's like, oh, well, if you have like, you know, fruit and veg or whatever on the table, you know, you're more likely to eat it. Although there is obviously a lot of methodological flaws in that research as has been shown recently. Um, it, it still is a good idea to make the optimal food choices more convenient because that means that you're more likely to actually adhere to a diet that is quote unquote optimal for you. You know, like again, like I don't care if you're saying that the most optimal carb source is X, you know, we'll just say fucking, I don't know, sweet potato, right? But you're like, I just don't have the time to cook the sweet potato. I, I have the time to literally bang a, a rice packet that's already been pre-cooked in the microwave for two minutes versus, you know, boiling these sweet potatoes and then, you know, putting them in the oven and making, you know, fries out of them or whatever. You're like, I don't have that half hour to, to do that. Whereas I have the two minutes to bang that rice into the microwave. I'm like, so that's a, that's a convenience choice, but it's in the end, in the grand scheme of things, it's a no more optimal. It's, it is a more optimal choice because you're actually able to adhere to your diet then, which is the big thing in terms of actually both achieving results in terms of body composition, health, whatever, but also actually being able to, stick to a diet paradigm for life you know like the amount of people that try to do that in terms of oh i'm going to choose this optimal food this whatever newfangled whatever food choice they're going to choose they're like oh yeah this is the, the perfect food and because it has a, like a 20 minute prep time every single day like that's why people fall off the diet it isn't even that they get bored of the food because obviously that that happens as well but it's like i just don't have the time to actually cook this food you know and again, like there is obviously ways around that, you know, meal delivery, pre-prepared, like you're saying with the, the veg and stuff could already come pre-chopped and whatever else. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm arguing for. It's like all of those things make an optimal choice more convenient. And that's what you need to do with your diet. Yep. I would agree. Like that, that's all part of essentially trying to modify your environment to some degree, like the, the less quote-unquote willpower you have to exert over your decisions the easier you know your life is going to be you know if, you, if all those decisions are essentially made for you they're just you know they're just that bit easier to make then that makes a lot of sense like for example if you if you know that things like breakfast cereals or whatever are your go-to in the morning then having just having it as a, like you've got porridge and you've got bran flakes in the press in the cupboard in, instead of just having Cocoa Pops and Rice Krispies, like they're, they're easy little quote unquote nudges towards making slightly better decisions that push you in the right direction. Like you said, you know, having fruit available, you know, that, that's a, a very easy thing to do. And that, that could potentially even go down to the types of fruit that you have. Like I know personally that if you've got, if you've got loads of oranges there that need to be peeled, I'm less likely to grab one of those when I'm running out the door than I am to grab an apple, you know? So they're, they're the, the thing. It's those, those little details that 
make your life significantly easier when it comes to to making these nutrition decisions other things that can be really helpful are like um like laura one of the things that laura's family does i think i mentioned in the podcast before is that they always have a big bowl of a uh, bean salad in the fridge and it's delicious it's like you know different types of beans and chickpeas and like peppers and onions a bit of olive oil red wine vinegar i'll give you the full recipe some other time but it's, it's just really nice you know little thing to have available so that if, if anyone is having a meal and you know, they're having lunch and they're having breakfast they're having dinner whatever the bowl comes out you put some on your plate and boom like that that's that's a load of fiber there that you may not have otherwise gotten and that might seem insignificant and that's the thing that people don't quite get when they hear people say things like this they think oh that's such a minor thing you know it's fairly irrelevant you know i'll just i'll just cook it on the spot but it could be the difference between you consuming four to five servings of beans every week for decades or remembering to do it maybe once a week you know there's a pretty big difference in that over time and if you think if you think like you it's not a belief like it is a fact that you know fiber is pretty good in the long term for your health then that's something that you should probably be thinking about so so yeah if you can if you can you can probably think of things related to your own diet that might make life a little, little bit easier for you and then you just start to adjust the types of things that you have available like if you know that you do like to have snacks, like you snack when you're at home, then you make those snacks available that are maybe slightly more helpful. Like for example, instead of buying loads of chocolate bars that are readily available and crisps, you might buy um, some rice cakes or something that are available or whatever it is that, that you, you think would be a better option. So that they're available to grab and then when you do go for, for grabbing those things, they're potentially a little bit more more helpful. So, yeah. So I think that, like obviously this is this is a case by case basis an issue by issue basis where you basically have to make a judgment call on the lifelong meaning to convenience versus optimal and again it applies to whatever we're talking about in this health and fitness sphere you know uh like it, it, it even applies you know like to actual like serious things and i say that and you know like health and fitness is obviously serious but like you could be undergoing like some like chemotherapy or rather, you know, the decision is to undergo chemotherapy and you're like, yeah, it's going to prolong your, your life eight months, but you know, you're going to feel sick all that time. And you might make the judgment call that, although that's a more optimal in terms of like living your life, you're like, okay, like obviously living a longer life, you get eight months extra or whatever. You might be like, look, that's, that's not what I want to do because people make that judgment call themselves where they're like, look, I, I don't, like obviously chemotherapy is a lot different than it used to be, you know? Um, but they might make the judgment call where it's like, look, that's just not for me. I don't want to undergo that because these are like X, Y, and Z are my priorities. And that is going to interfere with those. And again, that, that's a personal decision, but you have to be able to make a logical or use a logical framework to actually make that decision, you know? And that's essentially what we're, we're trying to advocate for here you know you you have to think things through over the long term and actually make a a logical decision as to should i choose the convenient option or should i choose the optimal option or how can i intermarry those two to make the optimal more convenient or is there actually such a huge difference between convenience and optimal that I would actually be shooting myself in the foot not to go for the optimal, 
You know, like you have to use some sort of framework. And obviously, again, it's different for every situation, every individual, every fucking everything. But the fact of the matter is, this is always occurring. Like whatever choice you make, even if you're unaware of it up until now, this has always been occurring, you know? So you're better off being aware of it and then making a judgment call with more knowledge, you know? I would agree. Do you think there are any other aspects of this question that we haven't covered? I think it's pretty clear how this relates to training and nutrition now. Yeah. Like obviously we could go into like very specific things, but as I said, like that's specifics. You have to like, I'd rather you had a mental framework, even if it is just a knowledge that, okay, there is obviously going to be trade-offs, whatever I choose. So am I making the best choice for me right now, given my goals? And then also if I'm aware of a more optimal choice, how can I make that more that choice that more optimal choice more convenient? You know, like we're saying, even in the the, the case of the the powerlifter, that you know, there's a more optimal gym and it's an hour away or whatever. Like, can they change their life around? Which you might think is a big big jump or a big ask, but can they change their life around so that they live closer to that gym? You know, and again, you might be like, oh, geez, that's a big ask, but they've already identified that that's their number one priority. You know, they're willing to travel two hours per day to do that. So in my mind, I'm like, it's not, it's not a big jump for those individuals to be like, right, actually I'm going to move, see if I can get a job closer as well to that gym, you know, like that's, it's their number one priority. Why wouldn't they, you know? So you have to be aware of that, but also then it's like, you, you have to be aware of the trade-offs. If you're like, look, I'm just, I'm just trying to be healthy and fit and whatever. Like, I don't really care about the the most optimal gym. Then, you know, don't be choosing the, the more optimal gym that you got this flashy membership sales pitch and you're like, Oh yeah, actually this sounds great. When in reality, it's like, you're never going to go to that gym because it's an hour away. You know, I'd, I'd rather just go to a more convenient gym that's close to where you work or close to where you live and you're able to achieve your goals then, you know, like that's that you just have to be aware of the trade-offs and then you have to be, you have to make the right decision for you, you know? And again, it applies to, the gym applies to exercise selection. It applies to training as a whole. It applies to nutrition. It, impl- it applies to your, your health decisions overall, especially like, you know, yourself guy around like injuries and stuff. Like you might be like, okay, well, the doctor is telling me, you know, the optimal quote unquote optimal decision here is to get surgery on this, you know? And you might be like, that's, that's not a convenient option for me given my goals. And, um, but then you have to play those, two off each other you know and obviously it's a it's it's hard to do unless you have like expert knowledge on the topic where you're like oh well i don't know if it's more optimal to get the surgery or if it's more optimal to not get the surgery and try to rehabilitate it myself you know whatever and um, because you don't have that expert knowledge but the, the the choice is still there the 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 decision the convenience versus optimal decision is still there so you just have to be more aware of it and make yourself more educated ask individuals that have like get a second opinion get a third opinion you know but you you still have to make the decision overall yep and i think that i think that covered most of the things we wanted to touch on to kind of summarize i guess the point is that the convenience versus optimal like question or dichotomy or false dichotomy is one that's going to vary, like the, the, the specific answer is going to vary depending on who you are, what your goals are, and exactly what you're talking about. You know, like as we said, you know, there's a you have to do that kind of cost analysis for 
things like your, your nutrition decisions. You also have to do them for your training decisions and the, the way that you weigh those up can be different. So I guess what we wanted to lay out was that framework to think through these problems because what we don't want is the listeners of our podcast to just end up being like, the triage boys said this, so I'm going to do this. Like, we're not telling you to say it, to do anything particular. It's like, we want to instill the thought process in you that allows you to make your own decisions because that's ultimately our basic philosophy with our business and, and with our coaching process. So think through these problems, like do actually have a think about them. If you're currently taking two hours a day to cook your meals, you know, ask yourself like, what, what is the benefit there? And could you potentially allocate that time to something else? You know, I know one of the, one of the things that a lot of people are slow to do is to just buy a sandwich in the shop because like, you know, our, our, like, when we start to think about what are healthy foods, it's like all oh, sandwiches, like they're not healthy. That's just what basic Irish people have. Like you have a sandwich for your lunch, but not fitness people. We don't do that. But like, I mean, if you actually analyze like the calories, the macros, the composition of, you know, your sandwich and you, you know, compare that with one of the meals you might be cooking, it's like, yeah, this probably isn't much of a big deal. And if it saves me a lot of time, that might be a good call sometimes, even if it's just on Tuesdays and Thursdays when you don't have as much time for lunch and work, you know, and, and, those types of things, you just got to think about it. Yes, 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 Gary. Um, I have nothing else to add to the conversation. Um, so where can people find us? You can find us at the Triage Method community on Facebook. That's a, the best place to contact us, um, especially if you want to have a discussion about anything or you want us to send you potentially resources that might be helpful, such as research papers, articles we've written, or articles that we've encountered at other places on the internet. The newsletter is also something we highly recommend that you get involved in. Um, you sub subscribe to the newsletter and you'll receive our newsletter every Sunday morning. And then that will essentially include all of our content from the week, um, any additional content that we found across the internet that we think might be useful, um, things that have been shared in our YouTube channel, um, and in some cases, you know, events that we might be attending or might be running ourselves that might be useful for you too. So um, that's a, a nice little mishmash of content. It takes you like 10 seconds to run through it, see if there's anything you might like, and then click save them for later, bookmark them, whatever you need to do. Um, the other places you can contact us are, or, or find us rather, is, you know, of course, check out the website, triagemethod.com. You'll find all of our services there, including our online coaching, one-to-one -one and group coaching, um, and also any eBooks and program templates that we have available. Uh, of course, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, but I would recommend just getting in the Facebook community. Like that's the best thing you can do. Um, so subscribing to the YouTube channel is also a good idea. Um, and then you can keep up with our blogs and any specific topical videos that we're posting. And of course, watch the podcast too. <laughs> yeah, like I think the two best places to get, well, the three best places to get in contact with us in order of importance would be the Facebook community, YouTube and then the email newsletter because if you're in the Facebook community you effectively get a little bit more than what you get on the newsletter newsletter has a few things that you don't get in the Facebook community so the Facebook community is probably more beneficial but then also on the YouTube YouTubes uh, you do also get to watch a lot of the content we also put out like topical videos and obviously we do our vlogs there and whatever else and um, but yeah, um, other than that, if you want to engage in our services, we have three places you can engage with. You can get either program templates or eBooks on, you know, well, first of all, we only have a beginner eBook, but we do have more in the pipeline. Um, other than that, you can get group coaching, which as I say all the time is probably our best service, even though people may not realize that because 
it, it's basically undercutting our online coaching service because it's that good. But anyway, I've talked about it before. I'm not going to try sell you it, uh, again. And then you also have like online one-to-one coaching, which is probably the most beneficial if you have very specific goals or you want to achieve something specifically like a, a set weight loss target or a set strength target or a, stre- a, a set sports specific target or you know you have an event that you want to look a certain way for bodybuilding you know photo shoot your wedding whatever it is a, a specific event and uh, that's obviously probably the most beneficial avenue for you and um, but other than that gary i have literally nothing else to say i'm actually sick and tired of looking at your face and um, so you got anything else to say? Just know it's too easy. Literally it.